2: back to the Blue Stable Podcast, guys. I'm your host, as always, Michael Tarazas. Destin Adams will uh, thankfully not be joining us tonight. (laughs) I mean, we don't need another night of, well, my rankings, shoving his rankings in our face. Uh, Much love to you, Destin. We got Rashad McGinnis, as always, guys, joining us. Rashad, what's going on on this Thursday?
1: Nothing much, man. Excited to be here. I got to pick up the slack, man. I got to argue with you in honor of Destin Adams not being here, bro.
2: Hey, man, I mean, it's... It's common to hand out L's on this podcast, so I guess you gotta, I guess you gotta catch a couple tonight. So, dude, it's uh, first off, man, I do want to start the show off by sending our thoughts and prayers to Sam Ellinger and his family. News broke earlier today. Uh, his little brother, Jake Ellinger, uh, was found um, deceased. I don't want to use that other word. I don't know, but... Um, he's away from us. Sam Ellinger was already in, in Indianapolis for rookie mini camp, and he is now back in Austin. So uh prayers to him, uh, his family, his mother. Uh j- just a horrible situation all around.
1: Yeah, man, that was completely shocking, man. I, I hate to see him have to go through that after one of the greatest days and moments of his life in his career. To have such a tragic thing happen immediately afterwards, man, that sucks, man. And I, I'm just sad that his draft memory is always going to come back to this, you know, because something much more tragic happened right after he he had one of the greatest days of his life.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, hopefully, you know, maybe it's just a feel-good story. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just battling back. I mean, I don't even have any words about this, man. I mean, I can't even imagine being... In that position, um, so thoughts are pr- thoughts and prayers to Sam Ellinger. He is part of our family now, so uh, we're 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 gonna be behind them. So now, kicking off the show, uh, you know, there's been some news going on in, in Indianapolis right now, and it was an exciting week last week in preparation for the draft. The draft has come and gone, and now it's time to start looking for the season. You know, no more draft stuff. It's time to look at it, and we've had some roster moves come on. So the Colts have signed linebacker Malik Jefferson. Uh, Some may not know him. It won't surprise me, but he was a third-round pick out of Texas. He was a linebacker. I do remember this guy. Uh, He was probably the best recruit in Texas at the time. I can't remember which high school it was, but he was a five-star recruit, and whole nation was crazy for him, and in my opinion, he just never – he never reached that. Um, he, he never, you know, lived up to that hype in college. And, you know, maybe it had to do with, I um, forgot what his name was, uh, Charlie Strong's inability to, to develop players. Uh, I, I don't know, but he was a high draft pick, honestly, higher than what I thought he would go. Again, it just never, I just don't think it ever clicked for him. You know, we, we talk about athletes these days because we hear what Ballard says about him, but you got to know how to play football, man. Athleticism, anyone can be an athlete these, these days. You have to be able to go out there and play football. So discussing Malik Jefferson, man, he is on his fifth team. Uh, not a very good sign. And people are saying, well, if we can coach him up, he can be something. Guys, every guy we sign off the street is not going to be the next freaking all pro. It's not going to be the next pro bowler. I mean, this is nothing more than a camp body, in my opinion. This is nothing more than giving EJ Speed a run for his money. Hell, maybe even giving Jordan Glasgow a run for his money. This is all this is to me. But if Rashad, if you have something, you know, maybe bigger plans for Malik, please, I'd love to hear it, man. Uh,
1: sorry for the Malik fans out there. I really don't. Uh, This guy, I remember he came out a couple of years ago, and people – like you say, he went a lot earlier than expected. And I think that's because people thought it was going to be able to hit on that untapped potential that he had coming out of high school. People thought that they could get get that out of him at the next level. And it just never manifested, man. I, I didn't see him going in the third round. He really was a day three guy, a late day three guy. At That is what he should have been. But you know he's hung around the league. He's made his living on special teams so far in the league, and and maybe he'll be able to do some of that here. But if you're looking for this as somebody that's going to challenge for the, the empty Sam spot that we have right now, this is certainly not that. I promise you.
2: No, he's not a Sam linebacker. He he's not. He's more of a Will Mike type. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's he's just not going to fill that out there. I mean, I I mean, it's it's news. It's news to talk about. It's obviously mm-hmm. a. I don't know if it's a popular name. A lot of people were excited about the signing. I have no idea why he's on his fifth team. So clearly something's not working out. Uh, and I mean, you can't always blame it on one coaching staff, man. He's been through four coaching staff, so can't blame it on the coaching staff, but Hey, I mean, Hey, come in here, work. Let's see what happens. You know, he could prove us wrong and be something quality, you know, resurrect his career and Hey, I'm rooting for him. You know, he's not a bad guy. He's a, great character type of guy he was always smiling at texas even when they lost to kansas uh so hey i mean low blue just just more longhorns more longhorns on, on the colts team so uh that's you know some roster moves going forward there hasn't been much uh you know movement there in that aspect but getting into you know it's still free agency you know going on right now technically and we have some guys that have been reported that are interested in Indy, Indy's interested in them. And there's three guys to talk about. Charles Leno Jr., you know, our, our girl Heidi, had to put out a song for him. And, <laughs> uh, you know, man, we, we love her, man. What what, what, a, we do. what a beautiful soul. Uh, Charles Leno Jr., Eric Fisher, and Ryan Kerrigan. So, you know, talking on these on these players right now, starting with Charles Leno, it, it has been reported as well. He will be visiting Washington. Hey, my NFC te- NFC East team. So, uh, mm-hmm. Hey, get better, get better. So I will say this, he is 29 years old. I wouldn't say that's too old for a left tackle. Like it would be for a wide receiver. Uh, I wouldn't say that at all. So he was making about $8.9 million if he came here I don't expect it to be a one-year deal i just don't right. uh what's beautiful about it is immediate playing time you're not going to come in and compete with anyone it's it's playing time and i mean denver they could reach out to him obviously obviously strasser who uh, has the connection and then going to washington so st- staying on charles lindell jr man are you in or out on him because a lot of people you know a lot of chicago fans are saying well i don't know why you're getting why Colts fans are getting excited because he sucks I'm like well yeah anyone will suck on that offensive line in in Chicago I mean there was no talent there so where are you at on Charles Leno
1: I like Charles Leno man I like him a lot uh I, I got a chance to watch some film on him the past couple of days I watched all 16 of the Chicago Bears games within the last three days and I really want to scrub my eyes with bleach for watching him play That was a painful process sitting through all of those games. But he's an awesome, he's an awesome player. I I think he graded out average according to PFF. I say that, I say that lightly. But he needs other difference makers on the side of him for him to really thrive. He's not the type of guy that's going to anchor down the line by himself. He's not that caliber of player. But he has made a Pro Bowl in the past because he has that type of talent. And I think if you surround him with the four guys that we have on the offensive line, I think he'll be just fine, man. Charles Leno next to Big Q. I think that has the potential to be a great left side of the line.
2: Yeah, I mean, we don't like like I've been saying, man, we don't have to bring in like the all pros. We don't because playing on this line, I mean, you're going to look good. And I don't know if that's the case for Julian Davenport. I can't say that, but right. I mean, you just got to find someone who can block, who can do the job. That's that's all I'm worried about. So I'll take him, of course. A uh, multi-year deal, obviously, still 29 years old. I think he's got still quality play until he's what 34. So at least, still, yeah, at least. So getting on to the next guy. I mean, we got Eric Fisher, the guy from Kansas City. Obviously, is a great tackle but kind of tore that uh, Achilles in the AFC championship game. And man, what a, what a disappointment. Um, You know, I have a hard time believing if he didn't tear it, then he would still be a chief today, obviously. And, but, you know, depending on where he could be available for the Colts, I don't, I mean, it's been rumored or reported that, he could possibly be healthy by August, but what is healthy? Like, is he healthy to start practicing? Is he healthy to start working out? Is he healthy? What, what is he ready to do? So on Eric Fisher, man, I'm actually kind of 50, 50, obviously the name is big. Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously the connection between Ballard and right, Ballard and Fisher and, Oh man, I'm kind of torn on it because of the Achilles. Obviously, I think it will be a cheap deal. Possibly, he's mm-hmm. still. I think he's a quality left tackle. He is up there with some of the best. So maybe not a cheap deal. You're possibly going to be spending money, uh, but I understand it. The connection. If he came in, oh man. I mean, here's the thing, dude. When a tackle pops his Achilles, I mean, what is the tackle position? You're you're backing up. You're being bull rush by edge rushers and how healthy is that Achilles man that's the biggest thing so where are you at you know analyzing this injury you know just just as a whole of the possibility of Eric Fisher coming to Indy
1: yeah like you mentioned before man. Ballard going back he was on that chief staff when when Fisher was selected number one overall uh Fisher is a top 10 tackle when he's healthy man but That Achilles injury, that was rough. And by it happening so late in the season, it's really going to hinder him going into next season. And I got a feeling that if he was to sign with us, man, we're going to have to see Sam Tevy, you know, for, for four to six games at least, bro. Because just because you're back in, let's say hypothetically, October, You have to get back in the football shape. That doesn't just happen overnight, you know. In the tackle position, is constant pressure, like you said, coming in from edge rushers and, and defensive tackles that's stunting to your side it's so much pressure on you to be able to move and your lateral quickness is so important that left tackle, man. I'm excited for it because I, I know the potential it has when he's healthy. He's a top 10 tackle, like I said, and, and that offensive line. I think we would have the best offensive line in the league with a healthy Eric Fisher on. I have no doubt about that. So I, I'm excited at what it potentially can be. And if it does happen, I just want to say this, Ballard, can it please not be a one-year deal? I don't want to go through this next offseason at least maybe a two-year deal. And, and if it plays well, then then we can move on. Because like you said, Charles Leno's 29. Uh, Eric Fisher just turned 30 this year in January. So I, I think we have the potential to, to ink these guys to, to maybe a two-year deal so we don't have to repeat this process next offseason.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, next year in the draft, we're going to be targeting Derek Stingley Jr. You know, that's what <laughs> we're going to be doing, so – uh, obviously we don't want to you know target anyone else because that's going to be the best player in the draft next year so
1: comp pick season
2: yeah comp pick season man trade up trade, <laughs> up trade up trade up all right so man i've actually gotten an early jump on this class man it's just all over the place i can't rank it really how you
1: like it so far
2: it's tough, man i mean the corners elam out of florida stingley obviously yeah. the corners are tough or the the quarterbacks are tough man uh Kayvon Thibodeau yeah. really like him out of Oregon Zach Harrison I'm interested to see how he steps it up I think he's a good athlete obviously but you know playing for Ohio State man I got PTSD for that so uh With hey no man,
1: reason, man. With no reason.
2: <laughs> but moving on here for uh the last player that we're going to talk about Ryan Kerrigan so hmm. obviously this isn't 2016 he's not a hot <laughs> commodity this isn't a 12 sack a year guy anymore. And I've been vocal. We reported it, you know, back in January. Uh, you know, we got word, not from you know, a team, but from a close friend of Ryan Kerrigan that he would love to return home to Indy if they would have him. He's still unsigned, and Jason Spears has reported that they have significant interest in Ryan Kerrigan. Now, man, what are y'all doing, man? What are y'all doing at edge rusher? What are y'all doing? Like, I, oh my gosh, man. If, if we sign Ryan Kerrigan, dude, just trade Toure, trade Banigu, trade right. Lewis. Like, j- just trade him, man. You, you clearly don't care about him. You clearly don't want to play him. If you sign Kerrigan, man, just, just trade, just trade him. Just trade all three. Just trade three. Cause, I mean,
1: I don't understand it, man. I, I, like, I, if you're pushing the youth movement, then, where does this come in? At? I understand you need a veteran, but at this point, Toure and Lewis is veterans. I mean, like, what are you doing? I don't get the plan here. Uh, what do you plan to play Ryan Kerrigan in just certain situations? But that's what you have Toure and Banigou for, I thought. Those guys were guys that come in on second and third down and get after the quarterback. That's their skill set. Like, that's where they thrive at the most. You have run, run stop in defensive ends. You have pass rushing defensive ends. Like, I just don't understand the move. I'm not saying I hate it because, but it just makes no sense. Like, it totally contradicts your message this offseason, which has been, it's a youth movement. It's time to play the guys that you invest, invested high draft capital with. And I thought that's what we was gearing for. That, that message is what got me over us not spending money in free agency. I understood. I was like, okay. Well, if this is the direction Ballard wants to go in, I'm going to trust Ballard, and I'm on board now. We're not spending money in free agency because he wants to play his high-drafted guy. So let's do it. And now Ryan Kerrigan to take snaps away from someone else, to take development away from someone else. I, I don't get Listen, it, man. Mike, help me understand. Help dude, me understand.
2: This is my question, okay? I understand the free agent signing was like, okay, all right, he could play, but Isaac Rochelle, man. Right. I mean – right. <sighs> right dude i'm comparing the skill sets isaac rochelle is not better than anyone on this defensive line and i feel so confident saying that like i got love for the man it's hard to get to the nfl i understand well probably i don't but i mean the only thing i can think of ballard is just testing these guys That's the only thing I can think of. He's bringing in competition. What are you gonna do? How are you gonna respond, man?
1: If you sign Ryan Kerrigan, at least two of these guys that's on the roster right now are gone. Dude, I I, I don't understand
2: how Isaac Rochelle even makes the roster. He's
1: not. I don't think he makes the roster. No, I. I can't see it.
2: If Toure is who we think he can be, Isaac Rochelle's not better than him. No. Ben Banigu, skill set wise who I think is the most complete out of Toure and Lewis with those three. Isaac Rochelle's not better than him. But Ryan Kerrigan is a guy that I was all for bringing on because Mm -hmm. I think he could play the Justin Houston role, but depth don't start. I thought he could do that because he's much more athletic than Justin Houston. He's faster and he can use his arms better. He's not the bull rush. But now... Al Qadim Muhammad. Al
1: Qadim Muhammad, yeah.
2: Al Qadim Muhammad's back. And then we got Quiddy. Dio's not going to play. It's interest. Uh, As long as it's interest, I'm okay. (laughs) For Ballard to say that we got a pretty full room and then you're going to go and hit your wagons to that guy, I I just question so much. Uh, The only thing I can think of, man, is is, uh, competition. Just bringing in competition and testing them. But at the right. same time, I don't get that hunch. At the same time, I just don't understand it. Uh, I would have been perfectly fine if Ballard just came out. Hey, man, these three, we're rolling with them. Had the conversation already, and it's their time.
1: But Yeah, because because you got to figure Quiddy's going to be on one side. So so eliminating that side. Probably your strong side or your weak side, either one. So, you have Kerrigan, potentially Kerrigan, Isaac Rochelle, Kamiko Tore, Ben Banigu, Al Khadim Muhammad.
2: You, are you hearing how many names that is? I would have figured Al Khadim Muhammad would back up Quitty Pay since that's both, they're going to be their spot. So, when you go to the left side, Taekwon Lewis is going to be in the three tech. He's not going to be, I, I just don't I think, so think he's going to be in the defensive end spot. Now, you're talking about Rochelle, Banigu, and Tore. Like uh, somebody's going to be
1: healthy and and, and not dressing. That's, that's what that's going to lead to.
2: And then look at Kamoko Toure. I I don't know if we're going to see it. I don't know if we're ever going to see him get back to that because that injury, man, it's, It's it sucks. And the fact that he's having to get more and more surgeries and for Ballard to come out and say, we think we fixed the problem. That that's not reassuring, man. Like right. I think we got the problem fixed. No, like did you or did you not? Like,
1: it's that's, it's that's the last time. I the last time I heard that kind of uncertainty from Ballard was with the Andrew Luck calf issue. You know, yeah. they were saying they they thought they got it fixed, and it still was a recurrent issue. Man, Kamoko Terre may never be the same again, bro. That Kansas City game may be the last elite flash we get from him ever in his career hopefully it's not man i, I, wish, him not, no. I uh, wish him the best no i wish him the best because i think he he is a talented player with a different skill set than anybody on the roster but it, so it's tough man if we bring in ryan kerrigan
2: you gotta imagine clearly someone is gonna get cut from the team because now we're yeah. looking at about 12 or 13 guys and ballard has preached eight or nine so you right. already know quiddy Buckner, Stewart, Taylor,
1: Taylor, Stewart.
2: I'm already at five, and Bannagu, Toure. I'll put Dio in there. He's still on the roster. Rochelle, uh, I mean Windsor, freaking Windsor. I yep. mean, we're, we're we're stacked. Uh, that's crazy, I, bro. I would be if Ryan Kerrigan signed. I would be happy because I think he would make the roster. I, I, think I think he's too better too. than I think he's better than Isaac Rochelle. Hell, I think he's probably even better than Taquan Lewis. I just think he's hit his ceiling as a he player. He is better than Taquan
1: Lewis.
2: I I just think he's hit his ceiling. Uh and that's not a bad thing. He had a good, good season last year.
1: He had a good that's season something. last year. Oh.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's on a rookie co- he's on a contract year. So you got to plan for something, but it, it's definitely going to be something um, it's definitely going to be something to look at, man. I mean, it's don't even get me started on on, on that. That, that defensive though. line we, is stacked. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say stacked yet, but there is well, yeah. a lot of bodies. Yeah, there's then, you're right. A lot of right. bodies. I I will say that. But our next our next segment. Is going to be the one call technology segment one call technology is a managed telecom service provider whose senior staff has a hundred plus years of experience in virtually every aspect of business communications such as business phone systems installation and service managed telecom service provider telecom carrier management high-speed internet head over to one calls website at www onecalltech.com or give them a call at 888-585-8850 and tell them the blue stable sent you now this is going to be a very interesting topic okay because we see the weapons that are developing on offense paris campbell hopefully will not have any more bad luck drafted kylan granson and what a beautiful number he's going to have 83 uh the old dwayne allen old Dwayne Allen number <laughs> um hey man Dwayne Allen wasn't all that bad to me or maybe it's just because he was playing with Andrew Luck but no this next guy that we're gonna talk about technically he's still a Philadelphia Eagle but there's been rumors that the Eagles will release him June 1st and mm-hmm. that's tight end Zach Ertz so l- let me just say this man Howie Roseman is a clown he <laughs> is an absolute clown I mean jack jacking around Chris Ballard for a whole month and a half over Carson Wentz like what are you doing man I'm not giving you 31st round picks hell if you valued him that much why the hell did you draft Jalen Hurts of all people the guy with no arm like come on man I I, I know Chris Ballard does not like Howie Roseman after that uh, and now you're going to ask for a second rounder for Zach Ertz, a third rounder. And then he comes in and says, look, I love Zach, but he's under contract, a contract. He doesn't want to be on anymore. <laughs> Your organization sucks. Like, come on, Roseman, like, just, just <laughs> let the guy go. Just let him go. Your team's not going to compete next year. So you don't need an extra player. You don't need more draft picks. Your team sucks. Okay. I got love for my guy Smith. I got love for Rager. But your team sucks. You're going to have Jalen Hurts. As much as I love Nick Sirianni, Lincoln Riley ain't coaching him. Lincoln Riley ain't bringing that offense to Philadelphia. So, come on, man. Just let him go. Uh, I think that's what will happen. So, if Zach Ertz comes, if he, I just strongly believe he will come to Indy. It's hard for me to think that a talent like Zach Ertz just knocking, knocking on Chris Ballard's door, he's going to turn that away. I mean, usually he's the one knocking on the door. But now you have a possible Ertz knocking on your door. Hey, man, I love Frank Reich. I got a great relationship with Carson. Let's do this thing, man. Well, our tight end room is pretty full. What? Of course you're going to sign the guy. So yeah. my my thing is, my here, here's going to be, You know, my question, if Zach Ertz becomes available, should the Colts pursue to sign him?
1: Hands down. I mean, and if Howard Roseman was even a competent GM, he could have included Zach Ertz in that cross and win straight and we could have got that done a long time ago. But now since, you know, he wanted to draw it out and make it a circus, complete clown show. Now we're stuck here at this point. You're going to end up releasing them and getting nothing. At least Ballard probably would have been willing to throw in a, a late day three pick for the next year for him. You could have got something. Now you're going to get absolutely nothing. You're going to cut him and you're going to save your little $4 million to add to that salary cap that, that you suck at. You suck at managing the salary cap. You suck at managing a roster and keeping talent on board. He sucks as a
2: freaking football knowledge person.
1: <laughs> he does. He does. He just sucks. But Zach Ertz is... Come on, man. When he's on top of this game, he's a top five tight end. Like I feel comfortable. He's definitely in that in that class right under uh, Kelsey Kittle and Waller. You know, there, there's there's Zach Gertz and Kyle Pitts, you know, soon to join that upper echelon of guys. But Zach Gertz, man, what he can do in this offense. I know we excited about Colin Grants, but I'm sorry, kid. If we get Ertz, so you're gonna have to wait. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to sit to the side. <laughs> this is grown. You know, like when you got a, a talented little cousin, but you still play grown man ball, like he can't beat you yet. He's pretty good. He's gonna be something one day. Hey man, you can get in after we're done. Exactly. Let the men let the men handle this right here. You're gonna sit down. You one haven't out. been
2: at a cookout and the grown folks, the uncles and the dads are over here playing b ball, and then the kids yeah. are like, Oh, I want to play like oh hold on, brother. Go ahead and sit down, eat your mac and cheese and all that stuff. Let us finish this game, and then y'all can hop on.
1: That's, that's that's Zach Ertz right there. Zach Ertz. Yeah, Zach Ertz, exactly. D.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman. Man, Zach Ertz will unlock something in this offense. And he's been Carson Wentz's favorite weapon for, throughout his whole career. So that's the safety blanket for him. That's what he knows. I can't imagine Zach Ertz playing in this Frank Wright offense again. We saw him be at his most productive in Philadelphia with Frank Wright. You think he's going to come to Indy? With the weapons we have at wide receiver and the run game we have, the offensive line, Zach Ertz will really be unleashed. And he just made 30 years old, so I know that a lot of y'all think, but thir- tight ends is productive well into their 30s. So I'm not worried about that at Yo, all. Look
2: at Jared Cook, he's 38 years old.
1: And he's still, he played great for the Saints last he year. Like, man, Zach Ertz can be a true difference maker in this offense at tight end, and he will instantly be tight end one. I'm sorry. In that tight end room, he's T.E. one over moali Cox, o- over Jack Doyle. And Jack Doyle is on the last year of his contract anyway. So he might be leaving Indy sooner than you think.
2: moali Cox, too, because he's not coming back uh, oh, yeah. after year one. Well, I mean, he, he might. I mean, Granson in, maybe Zach Ertz. Not going to be enough <laughs> playing time. But, hey, Colts fans, oh, he doesn't get enough development. Yeah, he's been here for like 10 years. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I still got love for Mo, man. I still got love for him. Uh, Big here's my thing with Ertz, and it's not a bad thing. The same thing I've said about Travis Kelsey, how his feel for the game, like I can't describe it. It's just something as a player. When you see how the defense is lined up, it just, even when you turn your head, You see your quarterback scrambling out. You don't have to look around and make sure. No, you just go to a spot. It's just a feel for the field around you, a feel for the defense that you're about to go up against. That is Zach Ertz. He knows where to pick his spot in it with a quarterback he already has chemistry with. They already have that down. They already have that down. You're on to the left. All right, I'm going to come over here on this hash. All right, you want to run up the middle? Hey, I'm going to block for you. it's, It's like that. If, dude. There's questions, obviously. That's why I can't put the Colts as a contender. I don't know what Carson Wentz we're going to get. I don't know what the answer is at left tackle. Uh, T.Y., Pittman, Paris, it looks great on paper. Running back room is great. But I have to see how Carson Wentz performs before I can put this team in any contender conversation. I got to look at mm-hmm. the defensive line. I got to – I we have – to analyze those things in the season before we say that. But I can say this now. If this offense, if Carson Wentz can be who we think he can be, oh, it's over. It's over. It's over. Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines playing everywhere, Marlon Mack, and then you go to the security blanket, Zach Ertz running downfield, going to the freaking uh, sideline, Middle of the field. Then Jack Doyle, who's slower than my grandfather. But he can catch the ball. Mo Mr. Alley Lyle. Cox red zone threat. Kylan Granson. Then you have Michael Pittman, number one receiver, best, better than Julio Jones oh, Jr. Oh boy. You got this man going off. T.Y. Hilton, we know what he represents. Paris Campbell. I mean, if Carson Wentz can be who we think we can, he can be, dude, I don't give a crap about what they got in KC. I will say this offense has the potential to be better than KC. I get it, Patrick Mahomes. Mike,
1: let's not do this, Mike. No,
2: here's the reason. Here's the reason. We know Mahomes is the better quarterback, but we have the better run game. Mm -hmm. So as a whole, it's like you know you can stop KC running the ball, but when you can't stop the Colt from passing or running, you tell me which one is the best. Obviously, Casey did did what they needed to do to upgrade the offensive line. I commend them for that. No playing around. You're not gonna touch my damn quarterback again. Mm-hmm. I love it. Damn it! I wish Ryan Grigson did that, but he did it. So oh, now God. Gotta listen to how Chris Ballard is still close with Andrew Luck. So right. we don't obviously we don't want that to happen with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So, but if Zach Ertz can get into this offense, Carson Wentz can be who we think he can be. The defense can at least be there, but you never know. With Ibra says, as a defense, we might just give up 400 yards.
1: <laughs> to Jacksonville. This
2: To Jacksonville, right. Uh, dude, I love the potential this offense has. I love it. The, the yeah. defense, I mean, just talk about it, man. I want you to get in here because I'm just blabbering over and over, but I need you to get in here and talk about this offense, potentially.
1: Look at it like this, Mike, and you brought up a good point. Look at Tampa Bay's offense. Nobody is saying that's too many people or or the room is already full. They're steady adding and adding and adding. And, And that's the way of the NFL right now. The NFL is about weapons. As many as you can get at any position. So right now we're trying to stack threats on top of threats on top of threats. If you're not a threat, you shouldn't even be in this offense. There shouldn't be a role for you in this offense if you're not a threat. All three running backs, those guys are threats. At different at different things, different keys to their game. Jonathan Taylor between the tackle, outside the tackle, catch out the backfield. Naheem Hines is a supreme route runner out of the backfield. Hands and excitement. Excitement, explosive plays. That's Naheem Hines. Marlon Mack sees a hole, one cut guy out of there. Explosive big plays, thousand-yard rushes, proven those three guys. Can go to any offense and have success because of the way they play, and, and they're going to play an integral part in Carson. When Carson Wentz has never had a run game like that, never, not even the year they went to the Super Bowl. They had talented couple running back stable, but it was nothing like what, what we no, have here. I mean
2: you had Legarrette Blunt, that was a right. bruiser, obviously. Uh, Jay Ajayi, but Jay Ajayi. these guys aren't Jonathan
1: Taylor. No. They're
2: not as fast and have the hands like Naheem Hines.
1: No. They, they, they production. Marlon Mag is a thousand yard back. Let's not forget that. Like he was a thousand yard back the last season he played before he tore his Achilles. And if he even gets back to 85, 90% of what he was, that that's an upgrade. That's our third running back. You, you got to look at it like this. Our depth at running back is outstanding. Wide receiver, tight end, if we was to add Zach Ertz, that's another weapon. You don't hear Tampa Bay saying that their, their tight end room is full and they have grunk O.J. Howard, Cameron Brake. No, they just add talent. They stack talent with this age is coming to in the NFL. you got to stack as much talent as you can have. They have Chris Godwin. They have Mike Evans. They have Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller. Like you're just stacking guys on top of it. That's what we need to do with this offense. Get as much talent for Carson Wentz as possible. And once we shore up this left tackle position, I agree. If Carson Wentz can get back to elite form, the sky is the limit for this offense. The sky is the limit. I believe we can be a top five offense if Carson Wentz return to elite Carson Wentz form. And, and he has a chance to do that, man. This is the most successful situation he has ever been in. And I'm including that Super Bowl season that he played in, in Philadelphia. Dude, any quarterback in the league would love this position
2: that he's in right now.
1: Absolutely.
2: I mean, mean, don't think about the Aaron Rodgers or the Tom Brady's. Think about the guys that have been through what he's been through. Teddy Bridgewater would take this. Sam Darnold damn well will take (laughs) this. Cam Newton will take this. Well, he's got a good stable in New England. I got to admit that. But yeah, maybe even Ryan Fitzpatrick would take this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to to be there, man? I, I just get excited over the fact that Zach Ertz, could potentially be a cult. And I am mean, excited
1: I, to have him, man. I you know, hope man, we I hope we get him.
2: I hope we get him too, man. I hope we get him too. a uh, time to move on here, but going getting into some roster topics, you know, talking about how deep these rooms are at the wide receiver and running back positions in training camp. We got to analyze this stuff, man. We got to go down the list and I got to start with running back, man. Obviously we're going to carry three or four, most likely four, you know, the ballot mm. likes that depth. Probably going to carry one on the practice squad. So, obviously, Jonathan Taylor, number one. Aim Hines, number two. Mm. Could there be a battle for three between, between Mack and Wilkins? I don't think so. Mack, I think Ballard just loves him so much more. So, really, we're going to talk about the battle for the fourth spot, okay? Jordan
1: Wilkins. Don't be biased, Mike. Don't be biased. I know what you're going to say. Go ahead. Jordan go ahead. Wilkins, the Jets. Darius Anderson, go. go
2: Frogs. There we go. I mean, and you got this guy from Duke. I believe his name is Dion Jackson. I mean, he's pretty, pretty good. I mean, he got a dude. He got a big signing bonus. Yeah. That tells you Ballard loves that guy. Yeah. So you look up and down the potential and depth of this man. Oh man, Wilkins. He's not gonna be an every down back, obviously, but he's a solid he is a solid back, uh, backup. Darius Anderson. I mean, hasn't shown much, obviously. I mean, I don't even think he's played in a real live game yet. Uh, I'm interested to see what he shows seeing him at TCU, the jump cuts and the jump cuts, the speed. I mean, I I love it all with Deion Jackson, man. It's kind of like the same thing. I mean, he is so good. Uh, I'm I'm actually kind of, but not Surprised that he didn't get drafted. It's the running back position. That's a position you could probably pass on and get a quality running back, aka James Robinson. That's just exactly. hey. Uh, so discussing the running back position, man. How deep can this be? And what kind of you know, undercards are you kind of expecting from in training camp?
1: Man, the running back position, like I said earlier when I spoke about the first three, we're so deep. He's Bell is almost gonna have to carry for him. you know one of those guys is definitely going to make it i like i say i know you're biased to you know your tcu your fellow tcu and but he's talented man like he is really talented and if he's provided with the opportunity i can see him upsetting upsetting you know jordan wilkins a guy who's been productive in the nfl you know he's the average five yards a carry but i think he's hit his ceiling i think he's hit his ceiling as a player and Ballard may go to look may look to someone you know that he can get on a rookie deal someone unproven he can lock up for a few years and have them and groom them as you see Jonathan Taylor gets older Naeem Hines gets older he has somebody that he's grooming because let's be honest here Marlon Mack's probably going to do one year and if he looked anything like he looked in the past he's out of here after this year you know he's going to go get paid somewhere and he's going to be a featured back which he deservingly so you know he it's unfortunate he tore his Achilles in a contract year but I definitely look for one of these guys to step up. Deion Jackson, man, he ran a pretty fast 40-yard dash. At Duke, he was electric on some of those plays. I think that's a bigger battle than a lot of people is going to really pay attention to because it's for the fourth running back slot. But like you say, we always is one injury away from that guy being a serious contributor. Look at Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack went down. Jonathan Taylor was instantly thrust into the spotlight. When we were supposed to bring him on slowly, and work him in, he instantly became a huge focal point of the offense last year. So I, I think that's a real close battle to watch with any one of those guys can take the spot. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned it with Marlon Mack. If he does have a real
2: good productive season, man, he's out of here. He's gonna go get it yeah. paid, he's gonna go get a number one running back spot. Uh and talking about running backs, man, what the hell happened to Le'Veon Bell?
1: Oh god. I mean.
2: He was probably the most coveted trade piece during that year. I mean, everybody wanted a piece of Le'Veon Bell. He wanted to come to Indy, team up with Andrew Luck. Yep. Then he sits out, goes to New York, and you never hear from him again. (laughs) Adam Gase, of all people, let that dude go.
1: What happened to him?
2: Is he he selling?
1: He's still in Kansas City, is he? Maybe. I'm not sure if he signed. I don't know, man. It's not looking good for Le'Veon Bell. He just didn't look the same anymore, man. After, once he did go to the Chiefs, he didn't look the same at all. I remember people saying he's going to take the Chiefs offense to the next level. Oh. They, they needed a back like that. No, he didn't look like the same player at all, man. I don't know where Le'Veon Bell is, to be honest. Whoo man, that, that's interesting
2: there. Uh getting into the wide receiver room, man. Now this is gonna be a battle. I mean, you oh. already know who the first four are. Uh I mean, T. Y, Pittman, Campbell, Pascal, number
1: Oh, he's a free agent. He's a free man. agent, by the way. Yeah. Levian's a free agent.
2: Oh, he's a free. Oh my goodness. Wow. Oh boy.
1: Um,
2: number five and six. Ashton Doolin, uh, DeMichael Harris, J.J. Nelson, Michael Strawn, Desmond Patman. I mean, you have some you have some guys that can actually play. Now, here's my thing about the number five and six. Okay, uh oh. I I need when the when the room is this deep, you can't just say, "Hey, man, I can run down the field and tackle a guy." No, man, you have to be able to run routes. You have to be able to catch the ball. To me, dude, I, I first guessed it last year. I loved the addition of DeMichael Harris as an undrafted free agent. I, was, I remember talking about it. I think he had potential. And then voila, Frank Reich started getting him involved. He started, hey, he, he, he was developing. And he's still developing. I think that's a guy that you need. Even though you have Paris. You got to keep him as insurance because truth be told, man, he's had bad luck. Hopefully that's behind him. Now I'm looking at J.J. Nelson, who's a a solid – I think people forget Mm -hmm. that we even signed him. Yeah. He's a solid vet, but I'm not sure if he offers much. Ashton Doolin, who is very good in special teams, but what does he do as a wide receiver? I mean, in my opinion, he's taken up spots. Uh, oh, he's a good run blocker. Yeah, so is T. Y. Michael Pittman, Zach Pascal. I mean, yeah, those guys can do it too. Don't forget that we have Mo Alleycock, Jack Doyle, and possibly Zach Ertz, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, just don't just forget about all those guys. Um, I gotta talk. I mean, five and six, man. What what are you looking at right now?
1: Uh, I believe one of those spots is gonna go to a special team guy. I know Mike hates to admit it. But it's three phases to a football game. Mike knows that. I'm sure Mike played special teams in his day, you know, before he became a star linebacker. I
2: was a, I was a number one linebacker. I didn't step on special teams. I, I, I that's what I, that's what I I said. do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think – I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this because I, I feel partially the way you feel. If you have a guy that you really feel like is a dude, like, I think this guy can be a guy it's going to be hard for me to part ways with him because this guy is good on special teams. You know, like Ashton Doolin has had a spot on the roster for the last couple of years because he is solely a special teams player. I mean, he he played a handful of snaps every now and then at receiver made a couple of good catches, but let's be honest. If Ashton Doolin is in your lineup at wide receiver, some serious injuries is occurring something is going wrong if you have Ashton Doolin lining up at wide receiver on your team. I'm looking at Desmond Patman to secure one of those wide receiver spots, whether it's wide receiver five or wide receiver six. And I think the other guy that a lot of nobody's really giving credit to and, and people are sleeping on is my man Tyler Vaughn from USC. I think he has a legit shot at making this roster. He is a really really talented guy like he's a guy that go up in traffic he makes the contested catches he runs routes really good he's not a, a a wild guy as far as the combine goes but tyler vaughn has been nothing but productive at usc each and every year he's been there he's a guy that's going to be an immediate contributor if he steps on the field and i expect him to shock a lot of people at training camp and in the preseason
2: no no, <laughs> well, <laughs> you hate it. You hate understand it. Understand the three phases of the game, man. But what talent have we had at wide receiver in the past? Of course, Ashton Dolan had to make it because there wasn't <laughs> anyone worth a damn on the depth chart. I mean, am I being am I right or am I right, man? I mean, we, we gotta go. come on, man. You 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 know, you know, I mean, nobody <laughs> was getting hyped for for uh kamar aiken no one's getting hyped for these guys i mean come on this is the best
1: depth we had we the had. he we had the project. Reese found
2: he was a development he was a development project he of had course. to be on the practice squad um but this is depth man this is dude i don't know why man i am so excited for michael strachan i mean i am excited really? for this guy because obviously he's probably not going to make the roster day one, obviously. No. Uh, but if you can teach him to play more to his size as a wide receiver, mm-hmm. he's got extreme potential as a solid number three or two. I can't put him at number one, but athleticism. Of course we talk about athleticism is there, but if you can coach him up to learn how to use his body as a receiver and not get bullied against corners. Cause I, I've watched some of his tape. Of course at, Charlotte can't find too much of that, but when I have looked at it, it's like he just backed down to when a guy was trying to be physical. And I mean, hey, Charleston could be because of lack of coaching. You know, no disrespect to them, but right. If you are a quality coach, no disrespect again. I don't think you're going to be at Charleston, In my my opinion, so for for Michael, man, Let
1: let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question now, Mike. Now, Mike and, and Desmond is pretty similar in size and similar in speed and leg ability. But Desmond has been in our system for a year long, of course, and has been seen frequently working out with Carson Wentz a lot this offseason and being in the hip of Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman say they even stay together when he's in L.A. Do you see Mike jumping in Desmond in on a roster and making a roster this year? Yeah
2: no no I, I, I don't see it uh with Patman already getting some work in with Wentz already mm-hmm. develop has a year of development under his belt I, I don't see it I don't see mm-hmm. it um okay. the dude is a freak of nature as an athlete so right I mean that's a guy who can offer more than dueling at the wide receiver position so there you go
1: um yeah no I, I don't see that happening not so I time. think I think that's what they do. I think they take one one of the big guys, because I, I put Desmond and Mike kind of in the same boat, you know, both one big guy. And then I think the other guy may be, you know, you're Doolin or you're the Michael Harris. depending on if you're looking for an explosive guy, which is the Michael Harris, a guy who gives you some of that, what we lost with Paris Campbell went down, or you go with a pure special teams guy, Doolin. That's my only thing. Doolin is just a pure special teams guy. He gives us nothing as far as at the wide receiver position. That's the only thing I don't like about keeping Doolin. But, you know, Chris Ballard loves his special teams, guys, man. He does.
2: Yeah, uh, man, dude, it's <sighs> – look, man, you got to offer something on the field. You have to, in my opinion. When the roster is this deep, if if Doolin was on the Jaguars, boom, yeah, you already guaranteed a spot. But come on, man. Come on. <laughs> Oh, we got we to gotta get real about this, man. God, we got to get real about this. Oh, I'm just excited to see Michael Pittman, man. The, I want to know if his workload will get it. Now, of course, if there's going to be a lot of weapons, there's only one ball to throw around. Right. But I can tell you, he's got the link, and he's the prototypical receiver Wentz loves. So he I'm is. here for 100 targets, 100 catches, no drops. 2,000 yards, 17 touchdowns. I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. T.Y. Hilton, 30 catches, 30 targets, 500 yards (laughs) Man, Come on. Pittman is here now, all right? Let him grab the keys and drive this offense, man. You saw how he played in that Buffalo game. He was giving Tredavious White the work, man. He said, look, look. If I can beat you, or I know I'm going to beat you, you can come on my YouTube channel, all right? Here, I just took your ankles after the game. Even though you beat me, I'll give you your ankles back because I know you got a game next week, all right? So, look, man, that's what he did to one of the better corners in the league, the separation, the reaches on these catches. He stepped up, man. Tell me that you don't get excited when you go back and watch that game.
1: Drop Michael Pittman in that Alshon Jeffrey role with the Eagles from that Super Bowl year. And Carson Wentz is going to fall in love with Michael Pittman because I think he gets more separation than Alshon Jeffrey. The only thing they didn't allow Michael Pittman to do, which he excels at at USC, was make contested catches, jump balls, 50-50 balls. Throw him up that to him, man. He, You're wasting a 6'4 guy with a physical frame that goes up and gets the ball in traffic. You was wasting it. He didn't even get an opportunity to show that, man. Phillip Rivers is not that type of guy, though, but, but Carson Wentz is. But here's the thing.
2: I never saw at least one fade
1: inside not one. the five. Never.
2: Not one. Inside the five. I never saw one. And I'm sitting here asking, where is Pittman? <laughs> Just throw it up, man. That's that I remember thinking that
1: so much, dude. I remember, I mean, I just and running drag routes inside the five. That's not what you want Pittman doing. You want Pittman fade fade balls one on one as a rookie. You probably want him to do
2: that, just not to complicate too much, man. Don't Mm -hmm. complicate too much because TY was the number one receiver, so Mm -hmm. they put a lot more on his plate than they did Pittman. But now they've seen the work that he's put in. How he's able to gain separation and the strength. How I mean, bro, he he manhandled a Pro Bowl defensive end out of my TV screen. He did. That's that's what he did. Week two he against did. uh Minnesota. He grabbed Yannick by his neck, obviously, by not by his neck, right? So that's so exaggerated, I mean, right? He grabbed right. that fool. And just pulled him over to the side. Here, we're going to come off the TV screen. I'm going to whip you out right here. And then I'm going to go back in the play and just blow someone's head off. Yeah. That's Michael Pittman, bro.
1: he got that dog.
2: dog in him, man. He's got that dog. Oh, but, of course, you already know what, Little, little Miss Sunshine. I think that would be unfair. You know, I want to drop him into the number four position. I want to give Zach – I want to make Ashton in our number two. Uh, <laughs> I mean,
1: golly, man. I got I to give you some pushback, man, because my man ain't here. So, my man said T.Y. is still the number one receiver yes, in he the is. Colts offense. And, yes. of course, we know Michael. Michael's gone on his, his Michael Pittman campaign, and he does and respectfully so because we all excited about Michael Pittman man we finally got a legit a guy who we feel like can be a number one receiver at the size that we want our number one receiver to be like we had a small number one receiver for the last 10 years TY and TY is I don't think his body type is a true number one but he was just so productive in his role so productive. he was the number one receiver so we we really got a number one X type receiver now on our roster for the first time in a long time after we went through who we had from Green Bay that played one quarter and was out for the season with a broken collarbone. I won't speak his name. We tried Andre Johnson. We tried Darius Haywood Bay. We tried we just tried people we over. We tried Effing Kamar Aiken. Like we did. Oh my Dante God. Moncrief. We tried Dante Moncrief. Hey we, man, he, he had some really potential, man, but it just didn't we work did. out. He did. He did. He was a talented player, man. We he was we tried a lot of people, bro. And we just finally happy to have Michael Pittman, man. We appreciate him so much, man. His potential with Carson Wentz, I'm excited to see it, bro. Exactly. Dude. Wentz not going to know who to throw the ball to, bro. He's going to have options everywhere.
2: Hey, and that leads us right into our last segment. Carson Wentz's potential in 2021. All right. I've said it many times. Carson Wentz does not have a single excuse to fail in 2021. He does not have any. I don't want to hear Jack about the left tackle position. You got four guys in front of you. Just be on that right side. Just, just just, pivot yourself over to the right side, man. Just pivot yourself over to the right side. Boom. You got guys that can actually separate. Jalen, if you're watching, I'm not talking about you, man. I love you. You already know. Um, but... You got guys that can separate. You got guys that can make plays. Everyone runs drags, crossers. Everyone does. But the guys that work on every route, Pittman, Hilton, that I I look at it and the potential is so high, man. The potential is so high, but where is he at in his head? How is the game going? How does he react to mistakes? it's all on Carson, man. The success of this team is on Carson. There is no excuse to fail. There is not a single excuse to fail for him. And that could possibly be scary. But at the same time, it just makes you excited. Like, man, ain't nobody beating us. And when you're a player, you think that, hey, man, ain't nobody beating us. As a fan, oh my God, who does he think he is? Man, I remember going into the locker room. I knew we sucked. We got the district champ coming in our building, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to blow this mother head off.
0: That's right. what's
2: going to happen. They ain't scoring a single point on us. I remember that. So, man, 2021, right now, as it looks right now, no Zach Ertz. Go ahead and take Zach Ertz out of the equation. Uh, still the left tackle position is the way it is until something changes. What is his potential in 2021?
1: Carson potential in 2021. I think first to start with his head space. He has to get his head right. I think he, him and Frank Wright need to continue to build on the relationship that they already have off the field. And I think he needs to make himself coachable on the field. And once he gets that relationship down with Frank Wright, then he can start focusing on football things and getting those relationships with his teammates. Like I say, he's doing the extra stuff that matters. He's working out with T.Y. Hill, He's working out with Michael Pittman and Desmond Patton. We've seen him throwing in a throwing session with Jack Doyle also. Like he's getting to work with these guys in the offseason, something Philip Rivers couldn't even do for us last year. Due to COVID, due to the pandemic, Philip Rivers was forced to get to know everybody over soon. Carson Wentz is actually getting with these guys in person, having dinner with these guys, talking to these guys, building a relationship outside of football. Because when you have a relationship outside of football, like I've experienced this in basketball when I play with guys. If, if I like you off the court, I'm going to play even harder for you on the court. Like that's the type of relationship and bonds you build with these guys when you get to know them. And I think that's what's important. But as far as on the field, man, sky is the limit. When you protect Carson Wentz, he's extremely productive. If he keeps the offense simple, which Frank Reich does, Frank Reich keeps the offense extremely simple. Carson Wentz strives in those type of situations. And I think that's the way to get him to play the best ball of his career. He has weapons all over the place. We spoke about his weapons, and he has so many of them, we didn't even mention the guy who probably had the most big play potential out of all the wide receivers, and that's Paris Campbell. This is a lightning-fast guy who's finally healthy, and we're going to finally get to see him for a full year potentially as he got off to a great start in the first game last season against Jacksonville, and on a fluke play the next game, he tears his – I don't even want to say it. So he injured himself. He's back. He's healthy. He's going to benefit a lot. Can you imagine Paris Campbell and Naheem Hines running drags, crossing each other, both of those guys? A linebacker, heading, heading straight for a Mike linebacker, what are you going to do? Pick your poison. You hit one of those guys in stride, they have the ability to instantly make that a big play. Off a of five or seven-yard pass, that's going to be beneficial to Carson Wentz. Getting the ball out, checking it down to your running backs. Allow your playmakers to make plays. That's something Philip Rivers excelled at. He didn't try to do too much. He dumped it off to those guys. He'll check it down. And those guys made big plays. And I think if Carson Wentz does that and, and stop trying to win a game himself, he'll be fine. Exactly.
2: And I think the biggest X factor, it might not be the fans' popular choice after the year he just had. But I think it would be wise for Frank to get uh, Carson's legs as a weapon. I mean, he got yeah. the athleticism, I kind of look at him as a Dak Prescott man when he gets his legs rolling dude this offense is just you can't stop it if there's not if if there's not a a play available man take off quick six quick seven just just go and if you have an open field get 20 he's got that speed and athleticism so that's oh man that's the potential oh man dude I don't even know what else to talk about right now. I just want to end it on that note. because.
1: What, what, what's, what's your stat line for Carson? Quick stat line. Oh, man. It can change depending on we add Earths or something like that. You never know. We secure the left tackle position. But as of today, if you just had to give yards and touchdowns and intercepts.
2: I'll say 4,000 passing yards.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'll say 32 touchdowns, 12
1: interceptions. I'm going to go uh 4300 yards. I'm going to go 28 touchdowns and I'm going to go 10 interceptions. Okay. And and if, and if he do, if he does that, that's a 13, that's a 12-13 win team. I think. Hey. I mean, you said it. Uh I mean, we got the
2: schedule being released. I Man, dude, we better have a primetime game, man. We got Carson Wentz oh, the whole world God. wants to see how he turns out. Come on, you got to have a primetime game for him, excluding Thursday night football. Yeah, not
1: that Thursday night BS. Yeah, I don't know.
2: Nah. Nah. Uh and I highly um uh, anticipate our Thursday night game of course being on the road at a division rival, whoever <laughs> that might be. I already know that's going to be the case. But oh man, how many uh primetime games do you think we get?
1: Uh I think we should get two. I think we should get two. We played the NFC West. We Play Seattle. The Rams, 49ers. Like, that's a tough division, man. And, and with a lot of great teams. Hopefully, that Rams game is a primetime game. I will be on the field for that game. So, I, I definitely hope that game is a primetime game. I need that. I mean, yeah. you think.
2: I'm going to go three, actually. You're going three? I'm going three. Oh. I think the game against uh Tampa Bay. Is going to be a prime time. I forgot about that game. You're right. I think a game, I'm going to say the game against New England is going to be prime time. Really? Bring it back. back. New England is back. There's no opt-outs. There's no injuries. Hey, why not? Bring New England and Indy back. Come on. Wow. And then my last one, I am going to say against... We got to face an AFC team on primetime. I'm going to say Baltimore. Baltimore? Yeah. Yep, yep, I'm I say Baltimore. Yeah. I'm I see that. Yeah. I can see that one.
1: That's going to yep. be a great game.
2: Obviously, man. Obviously, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So, guys, I think that's going to close it out for this episode of the Blue Stable podcast, man. Presented by Fan Sided. Obviously, yes, you know, we got yes, to be great, man, making money moves out here. Um, <laughs> so, Guys, he is Rashad McGinnis. I am Michael Terrazas. Thank you for tuning into this episode. We will see you next
1: week. Peace.